1: The podcast where we delve deeper into landscape business, interviewing legends of the UK landscaping industry. So join host Nick Ruddle as he explores their thoughts, insights and experiences. That's here on the Grow Landscapers podcast. Hi and welcome to the Grow Landscapers podcast. I'm Nick Ruddle and today I'm here with Mr. Pro Landscaper magazine, Mr. Futurescape, Mr. Dream Garden magazine Mr. Jim Wilkinson, how are you today?
0: Yeah, very good, thank you, Nick. Thank you very much for the invitation. I love the idea and the concepts of this as well, and sharing knowledge and people learning from each other. A really good idea by you.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, so many people in the industry through all the different <laughs> um, products and services that you offered. Um, just, I mean, I've mentioned a few of them there, um, just out of interest. What other? what other um sort of parts are there to to your empire because having gone on your website there's just so many different areas so many different products and brands sub-brands
0: yeah i think um there are the core is is the uk landscaping sector so any media point of touch with them anywhere we can help or add influence and share so we've got a recruitment job board we've got a magazine that specializes in the agricultural industry we've got one for garden centers for the retail sector um, but it's all mainly around the, the landscaping, the UK landscaping
1: sector awards, events, magazines, websites. Yeah, I mean, the awards alone, obviously, just had the the recent ones. It's a huge, really well well respected and a massive event now in the industry, isn't it? Your your yeah. landscaper awards. And
0: so we, we we do four awards, but these I think the ones that have just gone past the business awards are
1: special because
0: most awards in the landscaping sector are all about like a a single finished project. Mm. whilst the business awards actually goes into why companies are successful, how they consistently be successful, how they look after their staff, corporate social responsibility, their views on the environment. So they're they're very unique in that they really do focus on how people should run businesses and the winners of them over the five years we've been doing, uh, just amazing businesses and businesses that, you know, we should all be looking up to and following, you know, from the very small ones who are doing things on a very, very individual basis to some of the big corporate companies that are really taking
1: a lead in the environmental issue. So, yeah, really chuffed with the business awards. Yeah, and why we're here today. I mean, you've got such a, a, a close relationship with the business side. It's not, like you say, there's other organisations that, that focus on awards for the, the, the you know, the projects and, and, and the actual yeah. construction of those. Um, this is specifically business, and, and, and I suppose... You know, I'm lucky enough to, to have been asked you know, quite a few years on the trot now to be one of the judges for those those landscape awards and the pro landscape awards and the, the standards are every year I find it so difficult and I know the other judges do as well to, yeah, to yeah. really pick a winner because you, you screen them so well and I think what we're left with are companies that are just absolutely brilliant and I think. You know, it's good for me to listen and to, to read reams and reams of paperwork um, that just that, that, show you what is the gold standard that everyone needs to achieve and aim towards and aspire to, you know, it, within the industry. And I think that's why that's what stimulated me to do this podcast, really, to, to take best practice, to, to get everyone who's award entries i've read and some of the, the the you know the people we've got on this show um are going to be talking about that in more detail as well but to take all that information years and years of knowledge um to help others and i think you know what you do there and how you showcase those companies is is amazing and and the standards are so high it's 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 a real achievement now to win one of those pro landscaper awards yeah. it's not given out willy-nilly and it really is a massive massive achievement for those people and, a, and a, another really good thing for us on that as well is that we do have some of the industry's
0: top people judging it, but we also have people outside the industry. So people that might be a HR specialist or a financialist specialist. And for them to see into landscaping and see like some of these companies that are running it and how they're doing it is a really good thing for the UK landscaping sector as well. You
1: know, There are some really, really good businesses in this in this sector. We need to shout about it and we need to promote that. Yeah, they're phenomenal. I mean, I, I'm a business coach. I've been a business coach for 15 years. Um, i happen to specialize in landscaping but we have and have had hundreds of clients in all different industries and 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 the, the level of professionalism and detail in a lot of these these companies is every bit as good if not better than what i've seen in other industries it really yeah. is really is really pretty pretty strong excellent so um, so for you then jim how long have you been working within the industry the landscaping industry so so
0: just very briefly I, I I've been in media for about the last 30 years but then we launched LJ's 44 in 2011 so just coming up to sort of 12 years um where we really specialized in landscaping but my background and all my sort of training and everything is about media and, and pe- getting people in, in contact with each other but um landscaping since 2011 since we launched pro landscaper
1: Oh right so 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 where did it all start then? What were the early years, you know, 30 odd years ago? What, what... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I
0: was, I guess, fortunate. I, I worked for a company called Reed Elsevier, who are certainly the largest publishers in Europe. And I got onto one of their trainee schemes. And, you know, I spent most of my early years working through their systems and the way that they train, develop and move people around to get knowledge was absolutely fantastic. And something that stuck with me forever. And then, I then went to a a medium-sized family, family-run family business, which also gave me an insight into doing it. And then I went to another big publishing company called EMAT, who are a little bit like the – they are a big corporate company, but the way that they ran it was a bit like a pirate. So they were very quick to act. They moved very quickly. So I had some fantastic systems and training in my initial base. I understood how to run in a small business. Mm. And then I, I got the – sort of the amalgamation of all of it coming together at EMAT where it, it was a big company with big backings but had that desire and want to move quick and had the speed to look at opportunities. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, and I, I, the, the very good foundation, I think, was the main mm-hmm. thing. I think so. I think so. I think, I think a lot of companies, small businesses can take uh, a lot of inspiration and, um, and knowledge from how big companies are, are structured, because you yeah. think about it, you take all those principles and they're, they're the same in any business, whether you're a corporate or whether you're a small business, but they are just applied differently. So yeah. know, the big businesses, they need structure, they need systems, they need processes, they need recruitment, they need inductions, they need sales and marketing and all these things. So, so you learn from a really good sort of um, knowledge base you know because they've been there before you you can't run a massive business and, and have it and no, have no systems or no structure so I think that kind of knowledge for you probably helped for you to apply that into your own business I'd imagine yeah no very much
0: so. I, and 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 funny as, as you sort of go through that system you do go through, through a period where that frustrates you mm. and I think as you sort of come out of that and then you look back that you think well I'm really pleased I understood and learned that and without that I don't think I could have done what I did but that you have to go through that frustration where can't we do this, can't we get this And before you really appreciate it, eh? I but it's totally really important. Those systems are really important and the ideas and making sure what you do is, is done properly.
1: Yeah, and I think we, you, you, you could take that for granted, really, because I know my background initially, my, my first job out of university was, um, was in the corporate world with Orange and telecoms. And, um, and the fact that I had that experience for about five or six years is really, really important because when you do work with smaller companies, you know what that is that that, that you need to sort of aspire to become a bit more yeah. like. Um, so, but, but the difference being for people who have started up a landscaping business, they might not have necessarily and probably haven't had experience of that kind of environment. So they yeah. don't know what that is. So, so we're lucky because you, you get a, an insight into that world. Um, whereas most landscapers probably haven't had that. They're probably quite practical and more outdoory kind of people. So yeah. um so yeah i think um you could take that for granted and think actually why would they know what that looks like because they've never experienced it but we have so i think having that in that that experience does help definitely going forward so yeah. so what made you go into business then you say you were emap and you work for this sort of small to medium-sized yeah. family-run business what was it?
0: It, it, it i guess it was a lifestyle change my my two children uh, got to an age where they were moving out and looking after themselves and developing themselves i think you know, my I, I live right down on the south coast and I was traveling into London half past five train, get home, quarter past seven at night, and wow. um, quite you know, quite a few frustrations on there. And um, yeah, you know, I, I, I guess I've always wanted to do it, and I, I felt once my children had done what they had to do and we support them to a certain level, there was, there was much better opportunity to risk things and to take the chance. So it was a it was a, an amalgamation of what my wife was extremely supportive once the kids were off to say okay let's do it now Mm. um so yeah I I guess it was just a mixture of, of everything coming together and wanting to challenge myself to make sure that I could um
1: do it for myself rather than just do it for other people yeah yeah definitely done the uh, the hard work haven't you i mean five o'clock yeah. in the morning getting home at seven o'clock young family you know so it, that balance you know you have a world of yourself i think don't you yeah and and, and that and that's if british rail
0: works on time and how yeah. often does that happen <laughs> you know it's like no. and at the weekends at least would be saying should we go out anywhere? and i'm shattered and all i want to do is sit in front of the telly yeah. Yeah. You no know, it's just it isn't alive but again I, I guess i had to go through that to um develop what i needed
1: yeah. And now you've got the two kids in the business, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a real yeah. family affair. It is. Yeah. Which
0: nice. is a good thing and a bad thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now you're seeing too much of each other. Now you were thinking, I wish <laughs> I was in London now. Getting the train. Yeah. <laughs> no, never. Um, yeah, so yeah. so, what did the business look like then when you started? What, 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 what did you, did you have an office? Did, is it, is it in a, in a, in a shed, in a, in a garage, you know, what was the background? What, what did it look like? Uh,
0: so we, we literally had an idea and a, uh, a strategy in terms of what we wanted to do over a period of time and we were quite disciplined to start with so straight away hired an office didn't want working from home didn't want working from the ship. wanted to get up every day and go into an office right um, I think it felt it we we um, launched business on the 6th of uh, February and the magazine didn't come out until September because we wanted to make sure that in that time that we were doing everything correct, understanding the market and making sure we'd done all the process right. We were doing some odd things in, in, as a support in the meantime, but there was five of us um, to start with, and it was, yeah, literally we, we, we hired an office in Worthing, small office, and um, put the disciplines in place to make sure that we were doing things properly and correctly, went out a lot into the market, went and met people, yeah. um, and then it sort of grew
1: from there, really. Brilliant. So what, what made you choose landscaping?
0: So where I was previously, they I, I looked after the architectural market and the construction market, mm. and um, they, they also had a couple of events that dabbled in the landscape and sector. But so 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 looking at the research, it was very close in terms of the way it's structured. So an architect, designs and then a the builder comes and builds. So it's pretty pretty similar. Mm. I, I we generally believe there was a fantastic opportunity to the whole of that community together in a, in a media way that hadn't been done before there were other you know, very strong sort of magazines at certain certain areas but nothing that really brought the whole of the industry and concept together and you know our plan was always to get the magazine and then to launch an event and and develop it that way so right. yeah it, it was it was an opportunity and i it was now or never do you know what i mean i think we yeah. had to go for it. and you know we sold the house that we were living in we we invested all the money into getting the business up and running wow and,
1: um, you know, we had no
0: choice but to make it successful.
1: Yeah. That's, there's, there's yeah. nothing like a bit of positive pressure, is there? You know, <laughs> yeah. sell your house, put everything on the line, and, and you yeah. make sure it bloody works, don't you? you do, <laughs> yeah. no every, every minute of every day.
0: It's, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. It's
1: quite a nice positive pressure to put on yourself. But still, it's, you know, when you've got a young family, yeah. it's still, still a, you know, a uh, uh, pressure. So um, so you say we, was it just you and your wife when you first started then? So,
0: so it, it was Lisa and I, Jamie, our um, son as well, was involved and then Joe joins. I think Joe joined about the June time.
1: Oh, right. um, Jamie,
0: still Jamie joined time. about the May, yeah. So I think it was, um, it was all very quick actually in terms of us coming together. Um,
1: wow. Yeah. Brilliant. So they're, well, how old are they now? They're in, in their...
0: 30,
1: 31. Yeah, 30. so early 20s then, Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. So, a real family affair. All Four of you, Blimey. I'd like you say some yeah. pros and cons to that. I suppose you know. Well, they, yeah. they, they never work with children and animals, isn't it? And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Business.
0: Uh, I, I also like with, with Jamie. He he was um, working in London with me and getting the same train up there. So he he once we got the sort of nugget of an idea, he was the one that was like driving. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. So like, you know, there's a lot of it down to him. Right. Uh, you know, to so seeing, seeing, and pushing us through to actually doing it. So. Yeah.
1: He's like, come on, Dan, I'm fed up with this this five o'clock train lock, isn't it is really? Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come on, Surely there's a better way to live your life. Um, yeah. Brilliant. So so what does the business look like now then? So originally it's four of you in an office. Yeah. We're, we're, the- we're, so we, we've gone through periods
0: well. I think we went up to about 35 at most, and we're down to about 24 now. Um, right. But it's completely different. It's like, that. you know, I guess we've got a lot more flexible hours. We've got people working from home. We've got people working in different countries. We have all these different ways of doing it originally again quite rigid everyone in the office at nine Mm. o'clock are doing it now we've got less people um we have more contractors that we work with um so a a much more flexible base than than we were it's about 22 people i think in total
1: so lots of experience then with lots of different members of staff and now all over the place from subcontractors and permanent members of staff home based members of staff and everything in between so um What what do you think the most important elements are to running a successful business? Then, having been through a lot of change in the last, I think
0: fundamentally it it, it has to be what you're offering, really, isn't it? You know, I'm a firm believer. Everything we do has to add value. Mm. So, if you're a reader, you need to gain from it. If you're spending money with us, you need to gain from it. If you're outside of the industry and looking into it, you need to gain from it. So, everything we have we do, there has to be a value to the person that's using it. Yeah. And I think you can get that right, and you and it's at the heart of what you do. You know there are ways of cutting corners. There's our way of doing things cheaper. There's always things, about if it affects the value that people are getting, it you shouldn't do it. So I think you know the, the product has to be right. And we, we had this saying result: if you get the product right, the money will follow. And I still believe that if you get your product right, hundred percent right, and it's doing its job, you don't necessarily need to worry about the money. That will then come in and
1: follow. So I guess focus on getting that product right. I think that's such a brilliant lesson for so many people. If you fancy, it, because unfortunately, I think some people focus on the money and chase the money. but yeah. money is just a byproduct of doing a really, really good job. So you focus yeah. on delivering, focus on what is desired and what's what tangible value people can get. Then the money looks after itself because you know people will spend more, they'll stay, they'll keep buying back. You know, they keep returning, and, yeah. um, and 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 it will just look after itself. But unfortunately, if you chase the the money you know it's not really it doesn't tend to work very well that way no, um definitely. very good very good so uh, i think it's a great great lesson so what, what would you say one of the biggest or some of the biggest mistakes that you might have made i think the single biggest mistake nick is when, when we first launched we had a five-year plan
0: and it was and it was quite you know it was quite systemized it was quite driven it, and, and we knew where we should be at every single point of it and we followed it and in in the way we were a victim borrower success. We got there quicker than maybe we thought we had. Mm. But then I think the mistake was we then didn't put the next five-year plan together. So we then spent a couple of years where we were saying, oh, we should be doing this, we should be doing that. And we, we lacked a little bit of control. Mm. And so I think the biggest mistake, and what I would change in, I think, is about 2017, I'd have made sure that we strategized the next five years in the same way, with the same detail and the same determination as we did the first five years.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's a rolling plan, really, because if it's a if it's just a five year plan, it's a set period of time, isn't it? And they think right, yeah. right now, but if it's if it's always a five year rolling plan, or, or a, you know, a year by year rolling rolling plan, or ten year rolling plan, it never really sort of ends. It just keeps you keep assessing it, and you think right, yeah. where where are we going to be in five years time? Where do you think we're going to be in three years time? Where are we going to be in a year's time? Where are we going to be in ninety days' time? You're not just all yeah. waiting to get to that point. And it's like when they um they talk about the the astronauts, you know, it, it, an astronaut by by nature is their goal is to go to the moon or to go to space yeah when they've achieved that what is their next nothing nothing tends to really quite hit them hit the mark after that and that's why you get a lot of i know suicides a lot of alcoholics who get to that that's their life goal and their purpose is gone so i think it's a similar kind of thing with with business and having your plans you've got to keep evolving it and moving it forward otherwise you lose that motivation or you lose the mojo or the passion potential
0: I, 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 you know, I felt we lost structure. I felt we lost, we uh, definitely in terms of the direction we were doing. So because we have done such a good job in the landscaping sector, we felt we could replicate it in different sectors, yeah. and we do that quickly and in, in multiple sectors at the same time. And it was like really was like, just be careful, you know, do what you do, focus what you do, know where you're going, and and if you're not, if if you haven't got that sort of drive and and that. Did, that strategy to where you should be going, whether it's a year, two years or three years, you can get lost.
1: Yeah. Focus. Uh, You try and divide yourself too, spread yourself a bit too thin. You do a little bit of everything, but not a lot of it really, really well. And you get
0: carried away. Don't you You get carried away on on the bandwagon of how successful you are. And I just, sometimes I just think you do just need to, you
1: know,
0: it's, it's very difficult. I, I'm definitely a, a doer and I love the feeling and the emotion and things like that. But I think you also need that strategy. You need the structure. You need the systems. And I think you know when you get both together, you get very great success, and I think you know I think that's what i've I've learned now everything we do there is a plan and a continual plan
1: yeah that's amazing um... Yeah, I think it's also good, equally, it's good to look back. You know, when, instead of looking forward all the time, what have you learned, what, what, looking back, like, where have we come, what, what lessons have you learned, what could we do better, how could we improve things? Yeah. Um, I think it's really important. <laughs> I, think,
0: I think that comes in as you get older as well, because I, you know, I talk to lots of landscapers and, you know, some of them are very successful and they very much have that reviewing thing, whilst a lot of the younger ones at the moment, it's all about the future. And it's like, you know, as you get older, you do learn to look back as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, you sort of you, you do. that that definitely comes with experience and, and age and wisdom, doesn't yeah. it? And, and making the mistakes, you know, going through the pain of of yeah. you know, failing your way to success, and, and and only then do you sort of start questioning how you do things, but. You know, everyone, I think, to some degree, has to go through their own kind of learning curve. I mean, if you can listen to things like this and and, and learn from others and and, and yeah. model yourself on success, then that's a great start. But uh, you do have to sort of, you know, there's an element of risk taking on your own behalf, and 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 yeah. unfortunately, you have to learn the hard way. You just don't want to make some of those lessons not maybe not quite so painful uh, and expensive and, and time. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people can learn from from that who are listening to this. You know, just. Um, think about you know, some of the some of the things that that maybe you, you you get tempted to do you know so you talk about thinking okay well let's get into this let's get into that so landscapers might be thinking oh look we're really good at landscape well, let's let's get into outdoor kitchens let's do garden rooms let's do yeah. um, swimming pools and, and sometimes before you know it you, you you're trying to be too many things to too many people, a bit of a one-stop yeah. shop. And that's okay if that's what you really want to do. But sometimes I think unless you stay focused on your plan, I think, no, that's where we're going. We can avoid the, the sideshows and f- focus on the main event. Otherwise you sort yeah. of think, oh, another shiny object that way, another shiny object that way. And sometimes it can just take your, your mind off the, you know, off what you're really trying to achieve, what that yeah. end goal is for, for your business. So no, I think that's, that relates to all, all companies, really. Um, so, um can you think of one major setback or one major challenge that, that you have had in business? Um, and what did you do about it? And, and what was the outcome? Can you think of something like that? Yeah, I can, unfortunately. Um, so I, I
0: guess like everyone, COVID affected people in different ways and, in, and different things. We, we were running Futurescape at a, a, you know, a, 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 a good level, but not at the level we felt it should be. So we made a conscious decision Mm. Um, that we were going to take it up to the next level and we were going to move it to Excel in London, a much bigger venue you know, our, our personal costs for a business were going to multiply massively so like to hire Excel compared to hire um, Sandown, all things like everything like costumes of electrics, carpet every every single thing you could think of multiplied massively, so we spent most of 2019 going out to the market, getting the markets fully supportive of what we were trying to explain and why we are going to do it put a lot of our heart and our soul and our effort into it. Mm. And of course, COVID meant we couldn't do it. And un- unfortunately, the commitment that we had to our suppliers and services and things like that were already in place. And we we, we, we were, they weren't very flexible and the events market as a whole was really suffering because they just couldn't do anything. The venues were suffering, the supplies chain were really suffering. So we, we had a, um, a lot of time and effort went into saying, this is the next big thing, all, all of a sudden that being taken away from us, um, postponed rather than taken away from us. But that was a massive thing in terms of the time, the effort, the salaries, yes. absolutely. So that, that was a massive shock. And I guess what 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 we done is we had to part what we, where we were. We launched the virtual version of it just to keep the, the branding, the, the mm. positioning, and the concept of what we were trying to do um, online in in the November and came out of it in quite a strong position in terms of fact, thankfully most of the exhibitors stuck by us and supported us and said, okay, we will move it onto our 2021 booking Mm. and 2021 was fantastic. But it was like, you know, that initial shot when we knew we couldn't do it. And again, like everybody else, we didn't know we couldn't do it straight away. It said, okay, in March, Everything's going to be back to normal by April. Then it's going to be, OK, we're going to open venues in August. Then it's going to be September. And it wasn't really until the end of September that they were saying, actually, no, we're not going to do anything until next year. So that was tough. That was really tough. It was a you know massive learning curve, keeping everyone motivated, making sure that the business was stable. Again, yeah. another good thing is that our magazine um, was really, really strong and helped support the company right the way through it. Mm. Um, so there were other other ways that we could keep it going, but that was a tough, tough time. Uh, everything we, we put everything onto this big event that we really wanted for the landscaping industry as a whole—not just for us—but but there was this this massive opportunity for us as a, an industry
1: yeah. um, that, got, yeah. that got put on hold and hit us with a baseball bat, really. Yeah. Well, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, they say. You yeah, know, you, definitely. You, yeah. Um, you become bulletproof, don't you, in business? <laughs> because you think, wow, you know, you think. You've, but I think when you've come gone through. Tough times. Uh, at the time, you can't see the benefit or the positive in that because all you're looking about looking at is that that terrible obstacle in front of you. But but it, they they're good experiences because when you get into a situation like you you did with them that you, know, you just explained there for COVID. Um, you think back you think, well if I if I can get through I got through that I can get through this I can get through anything and it gives you that belief that strength that resilience that that strength of character to to, to rally everyone around to be that leader that, that can go right come on team we can do this and I think the fact that you've come out the other side what a great achievement that was and um, and you do become stronger in many ways off the back of that so if that hadn't happened you wouldn't learn about yourself, or other opportunities might not have come up. You might you're not thinking about different ways of working or other other ways of doing things. And the fact that you have, I think it does benefit you when you do come out the other side. If you do yeah. come out the other yeah, side, yeah, yeah, and yeah. some businesses are not we not lucky enough to come out of the other no. side. So, so the fact that you've done that, I think um, you know you're, you're better off for it. <laughs> Although yeah. at the time it's very painful. It's, uh, um, yeah. So with that in mind, then what, what what parts of being in business do you think um, you found the most rewarding? For you. So I think that there's two parts. One is
0: seeing
1: some of the staff develop.
0: And when I when I mean develop, not just internally, some people have gone on and left us because they, they wanted bigger ambitions and, and you know have done extremely well. Some people have gone on and come back, and some people have really progressed in here. So I think you know, especially where again, you know, where you have younger people who might not have the experience, suddenly really grow and you can watch them take hold of things and you watch them sort of grow in their confidence that. Confidence as people, as well as confidence in the product. So I think that's a really, really nice part. That's the part where you look at, you know, business awards this year. We had Nina up on stage introducing the guest speaker. She was fantastic. Mm. Now if I'd have asked her to do that two or three years ago. She would have been there, but she's grown and she's got yeah. the confidence, and Big you thing. know, she became us really, really good. So, so, that is lovely. And then the other thing I really, really love is that the the way that our magazine and our events, well, actually all the things that we do, have really helped and integrated the sector. So building relationships between different companies, different people, the way that we share the promotion and things like that, and, and how, you know, I, I guess sometimes when you look at things, people are on the outskirts, but I really believe that what we do is right in the heart of the landscaping sector. now. I think it's part of it, and it's become part of it. And I think that's a real, that's a, a real sort of tick to, you know, Lisa, Jamie, Joe, and all the staff here, that they've been able to make sure those pro- our products really sit within the sector. And you know, that's, that's great when people say, I oh, saw that in Pro Landscape or well, I met that person at Futurescape or that was a topic that was covered on this. I love all that. I absolutely love knowing that we were at the center of things that are going on.
1: It's like you're the glue that holds everything yeah. together, isn't it? It's like you're the connector of people and industries and companies and and it, it's just become such a standard part of the industry now. Your awards, the Pro Landscaper magazine. I think every client we have, and I think about 70% of our clients are in the industry, all subscribe to the magazine yeah. you know, they go to the awards they go to, to to futurescape everyone's aware of it and if you're yeah. not there it's like well why wouldn't you be you yeah, yeah. there so much benefit of being part of it
0: and, and 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 we do it with the benefit of the industry do you know what i mean there's obviously the financial yeah. side of it and us having a living but you know i, I can honestly generally say i've worked in loads of different sectors we we have got the benefit of the industry at our hearts we wanted to we yeah. launched the 30 under 30s so to highlight because we went to, we had an event at FutureScape one time. It's on the audience, you know, look around the room. Every boat was 50 with grey hair like me. So, where's all the young people? Where's the people coming through it? So, we, we launched Furly Under Furly it. You know, David Dodd and Nigel Bocop picked up um, Go Landscape based around what was happening with the training and things like that. So, that, that was all sparked and spurred off at FutureScape, a, a debate at FutureScape. And it's like, you know, that helps the industry and that benefits the sector. Absolutely. Um, get, get the product right, and we and the money will follow. And it's like you know, we focus on making sure that that's what we do. Yeah, well, I
1: think everyone knows that about you and about Pro Landscape. They know you know that hundred percent. You've got the industry at your, you know, at, yeah. at the heart of everything you do to benefit everyone within it. Um, brilliant. Very good. Very good. So, um, what would, what advice would you give someone then? Um, you've been in business for a while. Um, you've had ups and downs. So, someone that's maybe a bit stuck wants to expand. Um, but don't quite know what those next steps are to take. What would you say to those those people? A lot, a, a lot of it. I think probably got
0: instinct. You know, I think that's quite important. Yeah, yeah. I, I love surrounding myself with people who run businesses and talk to people or question people. And, you know, I get as much benefit from when I interview you as, as you yeah. know, I hope you do from all the audiences from listening. So yeah, yeah. talk to people, understand people. I would definitely, definitely sort out the systems and have my plan in place and my checkpoints and those long long it makes it's awful if it's not not you naturally but once you get them doing and get them in place it makes a hell of a difference to your business so i think surround yourself with good people i would put a plan together talk to people about it talk to people like you admire talk to people that respect you know be prepared to be questioned on it and you know don't just think it's always going to be right what you put on there and go for it You, you know you I guess it's easier to go for something and fail than it is to sit and say, oh, I wish I'd done that all my life.
1: Yeah. So wise words. there. Yeah. I think absolutely. You can learn from great people. And this is why we're doing yeah. this here today. You know, this is the whole point. And I, I launched this podcast to, so that other people can learn from people that have already been there, done that, you know, bought yeah. the T-shirt and, and also made the mistakes and fall down the pitfalls that hopefully you can avoid. Um, yeah. Yeah, and systems, you say about systems, I mean, systems, and not always necessarily the sexiest things in business, but, no. but they're, I think, the most important, or right up there with being the most important, you know, because systems give you consistency. It gives you that consistency of doing things in the right way for everybody. Because if, if you don't have systems and it's in everyone's head, then everyone's doing things in different ways, and it could be a nightmare, which causes you stress, which loses you money, um, and, um, and that can be quite wearing and painful after a while. So uh, I see that all the time, especially on the creative part of our industry.
0: You know, they're, they're unbelievably good at what they do.
1: Yeah.
0: But then you sort of say to them, well, you know, what's this, what's that, what's that? And I guess it, it also goes back to knowing what, what you are good at and what you're not good at, and yeah. then backfilling back what you aren't very good at. You know, if you are the front person or you are the creative or you're the designer, then you've just got to make sure you've got the systems in place. And I could, you know, I'm not going to, but I can name a few companies where the leading person is definitely the front, but behind them, they have some really, really solid structures and people in place to fulfil them.
1: Yeah, well, there's a, a very successful businessman, that I'm sure some people may have heard of Richard Branson. Um, yeah. and, and he's famous of saying, um, you know, always recruit people and hire people that are better than you. Because yeah, if yeah. you get involved, you actually make things worse. You know, so so always look to people, look to hire people that are great, better than what you are naturally. And just you do as a business owner what you're naturally good at. You know, people try and save a wage, but actually, it's costing themselves a fortune. So, um, yeah, some some great lessons there. So, okay, well, finally, then one—if we had one final <laughs> golden nugget from you, Jim, um, to anyone who's trying to build a business—and from all your years of wisdom and knowledge and pain, blood, sweat, and tears—what would what would that one thing be? If there was one thing you could just sort of tune it down to, what would it be? So, I, I, I guess it's just make sure
0: you deliver. You know, you have to, whatever you say, if you're going to do the best magazine, make it the best magazine. If you're going to do an event that's going to have this many people there, deliver that many people. You know, just, if you're going to make the topics like this, deliver. You know, so, you know, you put it right and deliver. I mean, that's the most important. Landscape is, landscape garden, if you say you're going to design a garden and build a garden for this, and it's going to be that
1: quality, deliver. That's brilliant. That's so good. And it's not uh, an answer I've had before, but it's just so, so, so important. Because ultimately, that's why you're in business, isn't it? Yeah. That's why people yeah. are going to speak to you, speak about you positively or come back and use you again um, and refer you to their friends and family. So, Jim, it's been brilliant. it been really, really good fun talking to you today. Um, how could people get in touch with you? What, what would be the best way, um, if anyone wants to get involved with any part of your business, what what, would they, what do they need to do?
0: Yeah, just drop me an email. I think it's the best, best way. I'm over, over social media or LinkedIn, but jim.wilkinson at ljs44.com. Always happy to talk and help
1: and right. um, yeah please, please feel free to do so Brilliant well Jim you're a top man I really appreciate your, your time and wisdom and help uh, and I hope people got uh, a, lot of, um, a lot of benefit from listening to you and, uh, and, and what you've been talking about today so thank you very much um, pleasure and um, speak to you soon see you soon yeah. All Thank right. you Nick well, good, good, good for doing this really
0: good yeah.
1: Cheers Thanks for listening to the Grow Landscapers podcast To get in touch and see how we can help you with your business by emailing nick at nickruddle.com.